You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. My time is yours. I was the last man standing. I am the man, and the man feels no pressure. You are facing a fuel-injected suicide machine. Fear from the man that rules the world. Welcome to the Vicious Circle, and welcome to part two of our live show. Uh, We hope you enjoyed last week so much that you decided to come on back. Here we present the second half of that show. And uh, remember, if you have questions, get a hold of us. Info at ViciousCirclePod.com. My time is yours. Okay, here's another one. What's this one? Uma Thermos. Uma Uma Thermos. I love that name. (laughs) Hey, Uma uh hey sid big fan since i was 10 you are a class act all the way thank you Uma, for that you're a class act as well and here's another one here from michael uh sid do you still go down to tunisia hope i'm saying that right t-u-n-i-c-a tunica what kind tunica, of tunica tunica i no actually we wrote down to tunica during this shutdown just to see what it was like and it was just like you would think, like a ghost town. Tunica is the uh, casino area in, in, here locally. Oh, is it? But they did open the dog track back up just this past week. How are things going that way? Right now, the governor uh, for Arkansas reported today that Arkansas now is on a second uh, phase up on again. Really? Yeah. Let's keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> You're froze up again, Rob. Oh, how about there? You're there, but you're froze up. Can you still hear me? Oh, can you still hear me, buddy? You're you're there, but you're just there. You're moving a little bit. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, Dr. Stevel says, hey, Rob, good to see you. Who's your guest today? (laughs) (laughs) Good, Stevel. (laughs) Someone's a little bit jealous they don't have their own show. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what it's sounding like here. Yeah. Um, Uma Thermos says, how do you ask questions? What? How do I? I? How do we come up with our questions? Maybe that's what they mean. Well, you just post the questions you want to ask, Irma. Yeah. If you have a question, throw it in there. And we'll get it up here. Kind of like this one from Nick. What's your pump up music and your calm down music? And sorry, but can you say hi to my fiance Sam to me? Hey Sam, how you doing? <laughs> uh, now, as far as my workout stuff, you know, I, one of the songs that I listened to on the way over to really get myself for a good workout was Led Zeppelin when the levee breaks. That build up, you know, when when it makes a mountain man groan. I mean, I was I was be flopping, man, when I get to the gym listening to that. There were no cool downs, but if you want me to make one up, um, Barry Manilow. Barry, that'll do it. 
that stuff will knock you right out. <laughs> uh, oh, Eric's back. Eric says, tell them how Bruno used to buy underwear at the thrift store and then turn them inside out when they were dirty. What he's talking about was, um, I guess this was just the way that, you know, he was taught to travel. Bruno would take two pair of underwear and he'd make them last a week. So he'd wear one pair a couple of days and turn them inside out and wear them a couple of days and take the ones on the outside and do the same thing. So he'd get like a week out of his underwears. By the end of it, they'd just be stained, you know. That's efficiency. That's what that is. That's, that's efficiency, man. That's 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 the code of the road. Thank you, downtown Bruno. Uh, David Alderman says, just watch the tag match with Vader, Stunning Steve versus Flair and Sid, where Vader crushed your ribs. Was that injury a work? That was a work. That was like, and I remember I saw one with you and Goldberg, and I had to ask you about it because you guys ripped each other open. And it was before yeah. the match, and it's like, okay, how much of that was a work? That was a work too. Um, here is James, um, dude. What's your thoughts on Road Warrior Hawk backstage? You know, I wonder if Road Warrior Hawk, which is I think his real name is Mike. I wonder if he would have want, wanted that show about himself. That's the one thing I wonder about some of these shows like that. You know, what he really wanted everybody to talk about him like that. Um, it almost seems like uh, these guys are getting paid for that. You know, that sort of, you know, they're almost selling out for, for cheap buck and the business shows that a lot. And that's what it comes across to me as is these guys are looking and everybody will do everything to get something out there for free for instance rob you know that guy that contacted us uh wwe the podcast guy through Corey everson or whatever um you know the, again they think if you get out there and jump on their deal and do something for them for free it's going to make your life better it didn't work like that uh sometimes you just have to put you know think about what's the right thing to do um that's the only thought about that if what would he would he wanted to do, done that what you know? Would he say, "Okay, you guys go ahead and expose me like that"? I think you know it was a, still a decent piece. You know, talking about the beginning and stuff like that. Um, not too much exaggeration on the hype about the Road Warriors, other than a tag team's never going to be the big draw in the business, and that's the only maybe misconception that they put out there. But they were, for sure, the most dominant tag team that I can remember. You know, they just they weren't great workers. Of course, you know, but they had that great intro. But after the introduction, it was pretty much a tough deal. But um, but now again, would he have wanted you guys to do that? That's the only thing I'd ask. Fair enough. Yeah, they had that image. You're 100 percent right there. Uh, Frank Scooter Martin says, "Good evening, Sid. Your work was always great. Who did you learn the most from?" Man, Frank Scooter. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I. The most I learned from was probably from Eddie Gilbert because he was, you know, with me in my career as Lord Humongous. Then he was with me in my career as Sid Vicious and really catapulted me with a just, you know, a rocket up my butt. So it has to be Eddie Gilbert. I remember you every time we talk, you're always the one to credit him. He said he was the one that gave you that biggest bump, you know, especially right. WCW. And what happens is that, you know, then people did come in like at the, like Oli and, um, um, you know, take advantage of that. But I was already, you know, in a groove going that way. And it really all started because Eddie, he held my hand. I've told this in a million interviews and I'm writing it in my book. If I could get 
um, Kenny Casanova some clothes on. And then, you know, there's two things about Kenny, Rob, that disappoint me. When he FaceTimed me in a silk cover with his dog, and then I asked him the question, does he know who Truman Capote is? And he did not. And he's now in charge of writing this book. So I'm a little worried. Okay. But uh, <laughs> We will ask the dog. If the dog knows, maybe that's your new Yeah, <laughs> then I'll be, I'll, I'll be safe, right? Oh, uh, here we go. This is Jay Nevin. What's up from Ireland? Wow. They're all over the globe. Man, hey, man. What's going on over there? And here we have Wills. Um, hey, Sid, big fan. Sorry if this question has been asked, but do you have any good stories of the ECW days? I love the one more time chance. Thanks for doing these live shows. No, it's just that every night was like a, again, it was, now ECW was maybe a, the best glorified, glorified independent company I worked for. They were a little bit more than that, I guess. But it was, um, it was, it was just gloves off, you know, and um, it was a lot of fun. Those, I think I did three, four, five shows, something like that. Dave Sims, he says, you should have had more championships. I'm going to disagree. This is what I was told in the business. You know, people who won those champ the, the world championships more than once or twice, they had to have that championship to make them mean something. That's not knocking anyone. That's just being honest, okay? Um, I was told I was never going to receive the championship because probably wouldn't ever need the championship. And uh, the few times I had it, the one time I had it in the WWF, I saw it really did make a difference. The other times I didn't really see a big difference because the belt really doesn't mean that much or didn't mean that much at that time. Interesting. And I'm not saying this about myself in the back, but the one time I had it with WWF or the two times, I think the reason it meant something then because it was on me and I, again, could work with a baby face one night and heal the next night. And that belt was like dangling that out there in front of them a little bit. So I think it worked on me that one time, but I, Really, I don't remember the belt meaning anything before that or after that. And I, I've I got to admit, I've watched wrestling a little different since you and I have had that talk about the belt. And you can see the people they put it on and why now, you know. Right, 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 right. Acknowledge. Here we go. KC Wold, loved your entrance song. Did you have any creative input for it or did they just make it and give it to you? Uh, I wonder what intro song she's talking about. If it was with the skyscrapers, it was my, that was a song from um, the Scorpions called China White. And I thought it was a really good build up song. You never actually heard any words because it was such a great uh, build up of music. And then um, in WWF, uh, I don't know what they played, Sid Justice. And um, Psycho Sid was just that, you know, psycho music. And then um, back to WCW was, um, I'm not really sure what it was. The one I really liked the most was the early days in WCW when I was in the singles and it was the skyscrapers. It was uh China white with, from the scorpions. Very nice. Now this one, I just caught a little bit of it. I just picked up the WCW Sid gross out figure today. Do you have any favorite figures or merchandise that was made? You know what? Honestly, I've got one doll. All the merchandise I've ever received, I've given away. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Some kid to come up or someone to need something. I have one doll left and that I try to hold it for somebody to really, really appreciate it. But I, I don't really have anything, guys. I give it all away. I'm just curious what a Sid gross out figure is. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up after. Um, Here we go. This is Dave Sims again. Would you ever have a match in AEW? I don't know if I, I, I don't know. 
I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Andrew asks, what do you think about the current product as far as the overscripting? I've said this a thousand times about this. What I what I compared the overscripting to people is this. Where say you took me and um, the nasty boys, we know they have a line that they have to stop at if we were racing. But if they ask me and the nasty boys to line up and race to the same line and stop there. All right, that means no one really achieved anything, but they say, whoever get past that line the fastest, you just keep going. Well, then that puts you out in front of everybody and goes, man, that person could do something special. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but scripting this out, this is what happens. You're handcuffing people to where they can't reach out up beyond that. And as long as you do that, you're not going to have a clear cut person who's out in front. And if that doesn't make any sense to anyone, I'm sorry. I think I can bring up a point that's going to show exactly what you mean, because back in the day, you guys had a bit of free scripting going on. And right. if it was as scripted then as it was now, when the Shockmaster incident happened, you guys would have been lost. Right. Well, that too, again, is just so many things, Rob, I can go back on. It's like <clears throat> where there's, there were little moments where you had that chance of you know, getting out of the script or you had an idea say one time me and Sean were, I think we're doing a, a, a spill of the podium and I already knew I was going to win at uh, SummerSlam or whatever that pay-per-view was, Survivor Series or whatever it was. <clears throat> so he said something and I just said to him, hey, I said, hey, Sean, what you don't understand, this is a big man sport and you're a little man or something like that. And I said, and uh, Russell, at this pay-per-view, I'm going to win, you know? And of course, I took advantage of that. And the, no one told us not to say that, but no one told us to say that either. So, I, no, of course, you know, you got to do little things. And if I didn't do that, maybe that would have, I would have been as popular that night when I won. You know, yeah. that's what you don't know, guys, until you take that little initiative and step out of that box. And then you're not going to know who's who. And if anyone needs a, so, some help that point out who can do that, I can, I can help people do that. I think you would be amazing at that. I really do. No, I would, Rob, because <clears throat> I could see the person. I could point them in the right direction. I tell them when to stop, when to look at the camera, how to do everything, and how to get out of that box, how to be an opportunist. Uh, it looks like a lot of people have figures because this person here just posted, uh, hey, Sid, just got your Hasbro. So they're still out there. Well, good, man. Appreciate it, dude. Uh, Mike Ferreira. Hey, Mike. Uh, hey, Robert. Hey, Sid. Big fan. Did you like teaming with Vader versus Sting and Bulldog in WCW? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I always like working with Leon as a partner or against him. He's a workhorse. He wants to have the best match every night, and you've got to appreciate that. Oh, and here's Lisa. Arkansas loves you. I think you knew that already. <laughs> hey, Lisa. Um, here's Casey. Uh, Sid, one of the most underrated horsemen ever. Any memories of hanging with them? I heard some. Um, honestly, no, I, I didn't hang with those guys because they went out and party. Oh, my movie must have kicked back on in there. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know what that was, man. Uh, really, no, I didn't hang out with them that much, you know. So, no, there wasn't no great memories there. How about this one from Lance? Lance saw you many times in Birmingham, Alabama, as humongous. How did you enjoy your time in Continental? I loved it there, man. It was the greatest time of my whole career, other than maybe the first year or so at WCW, but it was awesome. 
Rob, I'm going to turn this off real quick. Okay, not a problem. Yeah, I think that would kind of freak me out too. You know, if I'm sitting there and suddenly start hearing noises. Actually, I can let you guys in on a secret too. If you go back and watch COVIDCon, when I'm talking with Dutch Mantel, the exact same thing happens. We get right near the end of the interview and he goes, I don't know why, but my TV just came back on. So uh, that must be a sign that uh, it's time to wrap up the interview. And that was a great interview. So you guys, if you get a chance to go back and uh, watch COVIDCon, it's in Facebook under Russell Bookmarks or on Facebook under Russell Bookmarks too. Okay, we're going to get a couple more questions in here. I guess and it's not going to go off. All right, no, I'll have to deal with it later. Not a worry. Not a worry. Uh, let me see what here's next. Uh, do you think WCW was trying to make fun of you of your accident when you broke your leg at the off the top rope? No, I don't. I don't know. I didn't really watch anything after that, so I don't. I hope not, but I don't think so. I don't remember seeing anything. No. No. And Dr. Stevel says, do you have your own Funko Pop? Yeah, I do. There, see, Steve? <laughs> uh, let's get to this next one. Uh, Eldred. Hey, hello, Sid. I've uh, been a longtime fan. I still, from time to time, enjoy watching your matches on YouTube. And there's a lot of them there. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Here's one. Because there was recently a picture you posted on Instagram. Hello, Sid. You're one of my faves. Any thoughts or memories on El Gigante? Nice guy, but he's just a horrible worker. Yeah. I gotta turn this one. <laughs> he's gonna figure it out. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna jump down the list here a little bit. And oh, it jumped. Oh boy. Okay, I completely lost track of where I was. So if I miss some questions, I apologize. Okay. Sorry, I didn't know the movie was going to kick on by itself. Hey, not a worry. Uh, I was getting ready to pop on a question and the whole thing's shifted. So I'm just going to start here. Uh, Christopher says, Hey, what are your thoughts on Sting's Seek and Destroy? Did you think that fit his entrance? And I loved your WCW theme. You know, I honestly uh, don't remember his entrance, honestly. Uh, didn't watch it. <laughs> hey, saying that, <laughs> uh, but I uh, didn't watch it. Uh, here's another good one. Jesse says, what was your routine to pump yourself up before a title match? Yeah, did you have any pre-match stuff that you did? Be honest with you. I did the same thing. I'd sit there and try to stretch a little bit. And then right there, I didn't want to do like a lot of guys pump yourself up and get all blowed up before you went out there, you know, or get you know winded or get your mind on something. I try to just relax myself. And I remember Pat Patterson, man, won't you get yourself psyched up? I said, man, as soon as I walk through that curtain, I will. And so I'd put, you know, just go up against the wall, do a couple push-ups as my music would start, put a little water in my mouth. And as soon as I hit the intro, boom, I just went off, you know. I said, that's when you turn the light on. You, I didn't want to hype myself up before and get that drilling dump. I said, I'm going to take it on from there on. And then I find the camera. I do the deal. And then I already knew what I was going to say to the camera most of the time, you know. Nice. Okay, here's Larry Francis again. Did Paul Heyman have big plans for you in ECW had you stayed there? He said he did. Uh, but again, it was um, this thing about ECW, I thought myself. And when someone wants the company 
wants the, the audience and the fans just to cheer ECW. And Paul did this purposely to me. He never let me have a mic or he never let me really get over. It, it would have been one of those deals that had been tough because he would have been too afraid of me. And why, I don't know. If he would just pay me and pay me right, you would have to be afraid of me. Um, again, it just it would have been a tough deal to work with Paul like that. I mean, he's always trying to do some kind of swerve, put me in some type of position where I don't think I, where I wouldn't think. He thought a couple times I didn't know what he was doing, like put me in the spot where I had to take a weird bump, but I just didn't sell it. So again, um, I wouldn't want to play those stupid games with someone stupid when I was, I'm so far out front of someone like Paul Heyman. Gotcha. Uh, Brian says, Sid, did you ad lib your comment to Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13? What was the comment? That's going to be the fun part because was that a promo you cut or was this something before the ring? Maybe um, uh, Brian, give us a bit more info on that one. Okay. Um, here's another good one from William. Keep up Facebook live. It is interesting and entertaining. Who was better to work with undertaker or Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash. And the reason why was because Kevin was, a, you know, giving and there was a give and take there with undertaker. It wasn't him personally. I don't think, he just got in that character and there was no sell. So you never could get, you know, when I was, the, say, the heel. Now, when I was a babyface working with Undertaker, it was great. We had really good matches. But working as a heel with him, he didn't want to sell anything. It was hard to ever really get a match going. Uh, and, um, again, I'd say Kevin Nash was a lot more fun to work with. Cool. Uh, what is this one? And Kevin Nash is cool, too. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Uh, the doctor. Oh, this is actually a really good question. What was the best advice that you received when you started out? I remember we talked about this. You know, Steve, honestly, it was the, what we heard so much is really just keep your eyes open, your ears open, your mouth shut. Because that in the, in the wrestling business, I for sure, you could say something so stupid, it'll stay with you the rest of your life. So you don't know what that one thing will be. So that's why it's so important just to keep your mouth shut, you know. Uh, here's one from Dan McCarthy. Hey, Sid, big fan for right, from right here in Arkansas. Thoughts on Scott Steiner? Scott was, uh, you know, again, he was um, not schooled for having, he just wasn't, you know, I don't know if he didn't. He was around a lot of the same people I was with. He just didn't pick up on things and stuff like that. Wasn't a great worker. Didn't know how to sell. Always had to bring gimmicks to the ring. Um, didn't know, as a heel, didn't know how to lead a match, you know, and, and make it good for everyone. Uh, I remember one time he was working with the wall one time and um, the wall says his name was Jerry. Jerry said, you know, Scott came down, wouldn't talk to him about the match. He goes, man, Scott's one angry dude. And just, I mean, that's not cool. That's not how, again, I'd go to Tootie and go, Hey Tootie, I know you look nervous. Oh, Jerry Tootie is his name. I go, Jerry wall. You, know, you look nervous. So listen, when I get out there, you need to be calm. Cause I'm going to be really a lunatic, you know, and let them know right there what's going to happen. That way you don't get out there and it happens out there. But he was uh he was a good guy. Now working with him, Rick in the tag matches was a lot of fun. Uh, that's a different story. But in singles, it you know just not that great great to be out there with. Okay, let's just get a couple more in here for you, Sid. Uh, Simon says, "What were your thoughts on Ahmed Johnson in the WWF?" I think Ahmed was pretty cool. He was great. He probably couldn't make it in an era like it is where everything is scripted. But you know he had that those few things he did really well and the people got with, um, I mean, in my career, probably got over as well as any black person I've ever seen in the business. Uh, 
when I came back, uh, Cycle Sid from that little neck injury, things got really hot, and, and he was a big part of that. And here's another good one, Dan McCarthy. Who were the three strongest guys in your era? Man, probably have to say people won't know who he is, but Bill Kazmaier, uh, when I worked Continental and WCW, he came in to some of those shows. And in my era, it was probably Bill Kazmaier. He was three-time world's strongest man, so don't get any stronger than that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is true. Pete's got a good one here, too. Is there a current wrestler that you could see yourself managing and helping to become bigger in the sport? There's a few. Um, I, I'd like to look around and see if maybe there's just something else there. You know, I'd, I wouldn't want to – if I was had a chance to give somebody maybe something, if someone thought I had something special, if, to give that to someone, I'd really want that to be someone to be able to really have a long-haul career with it, you know? So, but um, there's definitely some people out there. That one guy that's under the mask, uh, Luchadors, um, just because he's in a mask right now, he's not overexposed. Uh, and he's a big guy and he's agile. I don't you know. When you work in a match, you have to really exaggerate yourself a little bit. So I'm not saying that guy, but just saying um, there's a um, that other guy in there. I can't remember his name right now. I met him um, when I was doing the uh, oh, uh, world class and. Wichita, Kansas. I can't. Rick is uh, with Jake Roberts. He's a good guy. Um, I just again, I'd like to look around and see what else was out there before I say anyone particularly. I can understand that. Uh, here's Dan. I have a whole Sid shelf with cards and toys. You're my favorite all time man. Wish I could have seen you live. Could I get a shout out? Who's the man? You're the man. Who's the man? I'm the man. <laughs> there we go. Okay, here, let's grab one more. I'm looking for something with a question mark. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, I think you've answered this one, but let's go with this one. Sid, you uh, were you a wrestling fan growing up? And if so, what was your favorite promo promotion? No, I've said that a thousand countless times. I wasn't a wrestling yeah. fan. I do remember watching wrestling two different occasions. Uh, one, as a kid, watching Jackie Fargo get beat up and uh, i remember him bleeding the deal was his his partner had been run off the road or something he didn't make it to the studio that morning jerry lawler and his partner jim white i think was the name at the time i met jim a couple times while i can remember his name he got a pretty good memory sometimes then the next time i watched it was i was rabbit hunting with a friend out in the country with his grandparents and i don't even really remember who was wrestling that day uh but if i had to say one promotion it would have to be the memphis promotion Nice. And here's a good one to end it all. Dan, I, we had Dan before. What's your favorite? Psycho, Justice, Vicious, or Just Sid? You know what? As far as the, the ring names, of, I think it was Sid Vicious. Uh, that's the one I came up with. I think that's the one that sticks with people the most. I enjoy signing it the most, if that makes any sense. Uh, anyway, but I think Sid Vicious is my favorite. Yeah, I think it's the one you're most recognized for. Yeah. I think so. Well, man, thanks so much for doing this live show. I know like the fans have just been crazy. It's been hard to keep up with all the questions firing in. Oh, no, I enjoy doing this. And I enjoy all the fans chiming in and getting with us. And this makes it so much more fun. I feel like I'm really uh, just makes me feel really good every time I get off of this show. That is excellent. So I'd like to thank you Rob, for helping me with this. 
Hey, my pleasure. It's it's been a blast doing this. I I could do this forever. This is not a job in any way, shape, or form. Trust me. <laughs> well, Rob, we were talking earlier about some of the stuff we want to tell people that's coming up in yeah. our, our other podcasts. And on our next podcast, me and Rob are going to talk about in which we started the vicious circle for this very reason, and that's to bring out some things that people, when they're not out there, actually telling all the truth. And there's a guy named Tommy Unger or Thomas Unger, and some guy from Philadelphia who's chiming in and arguing with some of our my fans on, online saying how I stiffed them and on this, this and that. Well, we're going to tell the whole story on my next podcast. I'm anxious for that because that's what I love is bringing the, the facts to this. The facts. Yeah. And I promise you, it'll only be facts and it will be nothing but facts. So, And it's going to explain, guys, too, why maybe Sid doesn't make some of these shows and why you shouldn't make all these shows. It goes back to the Herb Abram, Cow, Cowboy, and cocaine and cowboy boots that's what you sort of look forward to with these independent promoters and even worse than that so we're going to explain how some of these people are i don't think they all mean to be like that but we're going to set at least one story straight i'm anxious for that i am anxious and uh in that case Sid, i think we're uh we're done for the night rob i, I thank you and i thank all the fans out there that follow the vicious circle you guys are really making some noise out there i guess we'll just have to say we appreciate Larry a little bit with the Instagram, even though he stiffed me on Thursday night podcast with Stevie Ray, but he's trying to put the heat to Stevie Ray he's saying Stevie messed everything up. So Stevie, if you're listening to this, Larry's bad mouthing you out there and, and you might need to straight, uh, uh, straighten him up. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the next pay-per-view. And that'll be the next pay-per-view, Larry. All righty. In that case, I'm going to wrap this up, buddy. We will talk to you, uh, everybody out there in TV land soon. Thank you, guys. And that's it. That was our live show that we presented on May 23rd on Facebook Live. Stay tuned because uh, Sid is loving this. He's He loves to interact with the fans like that. So we know we're going to have more. And you'll be able to hear him not only on the Vicious Circle podcast, but on those Facebook pages as well where you can get in and ask a question. But if your question is not asked there, like we've said throughout this, contact us at info at viciouscirclepod.com. We would love to get you and your question on our podcast. You've been listening to the Vicious Circle Podcast. Your host, Sid Udi. Co-host, J. Robert Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast was produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Media, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music, Omega Amigo, was by The Shaman. All rights to the podcast are held by Sid Udi.